My name is Laura, and I'm a clergywoman serving a local church in Potomac, Maryland. I've had the privilege of serving seven congregations over the course of my 39 years in ordained ministry. And each week, well, most weeks, I find myself diving deep into the scriptures assigned by the Common Lectionary. It matters not that I have preached most of these passages multiple times. Each sermon is written for the week at hand, and inevitably, there are things left over. Thoughts that I have, ideas that I've gleaned from a variety of voices, usually left on the cutting room floor. And then Matthew joined our staff at Potomac United Methodist Church and challenged me to create a podcast with my leftovers. So here we go. I'm not too old to try a new thing, and I'm hoping that in the few minutes we will share, you might find something loosened in your chest so that hope and grace may fill you to overflowing. That's my simple prayer. Welcome to Leftovers. The chronology is something like this. Jesus was born, lived, and died in and around Jerusalem. We say he was born around 4 BCE, before the Common Era, and died in CE 30. The disciples took to the task of forming communities that put the teachings of Jesus in the center of their life together. I mean, we know this one guy, Luke by name, wrote both the gospel that bears his name and the Acts of the Apostles. Bear with me, I'm almost to the jump. In the second chapter of Acts, there's this wonderful story about the disciple Peter preaching on a day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit blowing through the crowds as she is wont to do. Sorry if you were expecting male pronouns, you're going to have to get over that. Spirit must up their hair, turned their cloaks around. I mean, it was a strong, strong wind. And then she interpreted what Peter was saying into the language of every hearer and whispered it into their hearts. By the time the day ended, 3,000 people are reported to have presented themselves for baptism. The idea of what a community of people who believed in the Lordship of Jesus Christ would look like took form on the fly. I'm trying to say that no one expected so many people so quickly, and it might have been a bigger mess than it turned out to be, but impressively, the core group got together and hashed out the details. The details sound like this. You're going to want to hold on to something. All who believed were together and held all things in common. Every day they spent time together. They shared communion and listened to the teachings of the disciples and they formed koinonia. Koinonia is the fellowship. Well, it's more than that. It's a Greek word that implies an intimacy in community where people are willing to lay aside their own wants and desires for the sake of another. It's holy to be sure. I mean, whenever we honor someone above and beyond expectations, God has a hand in that. From the very beginning of the church, 
This idea of koinonia was meant to be a centerpiece. Turns out, it's harder than it sounds. I served a church more than 30 years ago that was, for lack of a better description, a family chapel. I learned my first summer that everyone belonged to one of five families, genetically speaking, and those five families were all related when you trace the family trees back far enough. In the third year of my ministry among them, something happened, something to do with the Holy Spirit that lit that community up. One new person in worship brought another family who brought a friend who brought their family. One Sunday, we had so many people who wanted to be baptized. They literally knelt the length of the entire altar rail. There were 18 people, adults and children. It was holy and it was hard. The monthly church council meeting after that service of Holy Communion consisted of an above average number of established members who were not happy. Those new people, they said, those new people are sitting in my pew. They meant that literally as each pew had a bronze plaque bearing their names. I was in my 20s, not long out of seminary, and I didn't understand why they were so angry with me. I thought if they were going to be mad, I should really do something worth being angry with. I thought about peeling all of those plaques off the end of the pews, but I didn't. I stayed three more years, and while I have loving memories of some of the people, we never achieved koinonia. We were never a fellowship of believers who were willing to put the needs of others above our own. In the years that have come and gone, I have seen koinonia, been a part of it all the way up to my elbow. It is a marvel to behold. I thought I knew koinonia, but just this past weekend, the Holy Spirit ramped the story up a notch, as she is wont to do. Let me set the scene. At Potomac United Methodist Church, we began planning for a silent auction last June. It happened just last weekend. We have some amazing artists in our congregation. And at first I thought uh, that this auction was about inviting them to share their talents with the rest of the congregation. They were amazing. I worried at first that no one was gonna donate, but they did. And then I worried that no one would bid, but they did. And then I worried that no one would show up, but they did. You see, coming out of COVID, our congregation, like many, did not fully engage. Many people did not come back to our pews, but more than that, they stopped being a part of our fellowship. And while that hurts my heart, it's nothing new, really from the first century. People were always able to make a choice about who they would be in fellowship with. Today, there's so many options, more options perhaps than ever before. Thing is, you can't try to speak your disapproval into the heart of the church just because you used to participate in the community. Or you can claim a legacy relationship with the church, but your opinion simply cannot count if you don't have skin in the game or growing. And we needed an opportunity for new and established members to hobnob 
The 40 people who gathered in the church gym bidding on items and enjoying hors d'oeuvres told their stories to each other and they made new friends. And then Koinonia happened. Two families were seriously bidding on a quilt. They each had a personal reason why they wanted the piece. And as the evening unfolded, they met each other and shared their stories. The quilt sold for $1,000, but the woman who bought it went home thinking about the story she had been told. The next morning was Sunday. Following worship, these two women came to me with tears and reported that the woman who took the quilt home slept restlessly and awoke believing that the other woman needed the quilt more than she. So they made a deal that Sunday morning. The one who took the quilt for $1,000 would allow her donation to stand and the other woman would add to the auction fund her final bid of $800. And that there, my friends, is koinonia, an intimacy in a community where people are willing to lay aside their own wants and desires for the sake of another. And then it happened again over tickets to a music venue in Washington, D.C. called The Anthem. It's at the wharf. You ought to check it out. The two tickets went for $350. When the guy who bought them finished paying for them, he found the woman who had been his chief competitor and handed her the tickets. She was at the auction with a friend, not because she worships with us, but she was gobsmacked. She whispered to me, is this what this church is like? Because I think I want more of this. And I realized I want more of it as well. I want to live in relationships with others who will put the needs of another above their own every once in a while. That feels holy to me. After all, Jesus went to the cross putting our needs above his own wants. And because he did, my friends, we are all saved. Now, all the money we raised at the auction, just over $5,000, will support our mission engagement with the community in South India. By invitation, I will be traveling there in February for two weeks to preach revivals, to lift up and empower the uh, 200 pastors in this small rural community who are trying to preach the word of Christ in the midst of a Muslim and Hindu community. My brother, Michael, is going to go with me. He's the one who did not hesitate to offer his companionship on a trip he really has no interest in making. Koinonia. Koinonia is the fellowship. Well, it's more than that. It's what happens when the Holy Spirit blows in the midst of a community. And because she blows, we become open to one another. We become more able to hear stories beyond our own. Maybe it's not as hard to achieve as I made it out to be. Maybe it happens more than we realize. Maybe this week, with Thanksgiving in the United States and all, we could try to notice when it happens. Maybe we could be the one who makes it happen. Well, anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Have a great week. And don't forget to bless somebody. And I'll see you back here next week.